The Fully Loaded Show is brought to you by Fresh Hands Hand Sanitizer. In the face of our current health crisis, Fresh Hands wanted to contribute in a meaningful and useful way. They have partnered with high-quality manufacturers here in the United States to deliver the highest quality product at an affordable price, and it's always made in the USA. Their sanitizer gel and spray cleans and is soft to the skin because sensitive skin shouldn't be something you have to worry about right now. Stay fresh and clean with Fresh Hands. Please visit Fresh Hands, that's F-R-S-H Hands.com, and find them at Walmart and Amazon. Fully loaded. The fully loaded show. Welcome to the fully loaded show with your hosts, JC Cornell and Paige DeMarco. And welcome in to the fully loaded show. Chris Schubert filling in for Paige DeMarco. has got JC Cornell with you. It is a Tuesday. And no instant reaction last night. We figured with the, our episodes coming out the next day on Tuesday, we would do our game reaction to last night's Monday Night Football game. Now, JC, I don't see the hoodie on the chair behind you. Is the, Where has the hoodie gone? The hoodie's going to get washed. It's, okay. it's in the laundry. Uh, the hoodie's 7-1. and one. And listen, we didn't do an instant reaction show because why? The game was on late last night. I don't want to make this – I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but – it could have been past Tom Brady's bedtime last night for that game. Okay. It was Coming a little out. bit past my bedtime. I, listen, I love Tom Brady, but here's the deal. He, this, he has rituals, routines. The routine is he's, he's in bed with Giselle by, I think, 8.45, 9.15, latest. And, and when you come from a place like Foxborough where you are in primetime all the time and you're in, it's snowing out, but you have the stadium, Gillette Stadium sold out with fans screaming. I mean, it's hard to stay awake when you have, like, how many fans in the stands. You know what I mean? It's a different ball game. It's a whole different atmosphere. It's almost deflating with no fans. So I see what you, see what you did there by using the word deflating. Um, all right, we'll start there because you brought it up. The offense is probably the thing that is generating the most conversation today. Brady, the two bad interceptions, the dropped passes out of the backfield, uh, the eight yards that they were able to put together in the third quarter, the offensive line woes. It was, JC, I think the fairest way to say this is it's everything that we worry about with this offense on a weekly basis all coming together in one game. Well, listen, when a defense doesn't play elite, the Bucks are in trouble because this offense still has not found its true identity. I think you, you saw Brady with the hot audible at the end of the game there where he was kind of taking control of the play calling. I think there might be a power. I don't want to, you know, get in trouble. Don't want to step on anybody's toes. But I, I really think they need to find an identity soon with this offense, whether it's Byron Leftwich calling the plays or if Tom Brady's just going to call every single play. Because I know there's people out there that are questioning Leftwich. And I don't want to get into that, you know, argument or whatnot. But they need to figure out that identity because the defense cannot win you every single game. There's games you're going to have to go blow – blow by blow with other teams and like they had it going for the first three quarters and just couldn't do it at the end where he didn't have that signature drive that you usually see from him and I, I swear I, I believe that's because of the atmosphere at the games this atmosphere does it does no good for anybody the fans it doesn't do good and the players we need fans back in those stands so please wear your mask and pray for a vaccine because we need it and in watching the game last night I just found myself very quickly realizing 
early on, this is another one of those games for this Bucks team on offense. You can tell almost instantly how the, how it's going to go, if they're going to struggle and it's going to be slow and it's going to be inconsistent. And you kind of felt that right out of the gate. And, and JC, every week we have the conversation of, you know, who's going to get the lion's share of the touches out of the backfield? Who's going to, who's going to find themselves into that role? Well, it was Leonard Fournette last night, and the drop passes were a killer for this offense. And it, it just it, it stopped them in their tracks. Any momentum they were able to gain, it felt like there was a drop pass or a bad play that very quickly stopped all of that momentum and put a lot of pressure on Todd Bowles and this defense to make plays in the second half. Now, they did. They gave themselves a chance in the fourth quarter to win that football game. The, the defense played well in the second half, but... You just got to get more consistent out of the offense. And I'll say this, there's enough talent in that room, both coaching and on the field, to where I feel like they should be able to figure it out, that they should be able to find a way to get this going. Now, the drop passes are the drop passes. That's just, you got to catch those passes. But in terms of them being sluggish and it being inconsistent and, and them not being able to find a rhythm, that should be able to be fixed with the talent that they have coaching and on the field. I agree. I mean, the running backs did not show up. Rojo didn't show up. Fournette didn't show up. There wasn't lanes either. I mean, credit where credit's due, the Rams had a hell of a game plan. I'm sure McVay won, you know, saw and watched that Raiders game because he learned from John Gruden, like, growing up in the league. Mm-hmm. And he probably picked apart that tape and saw how to create just a master game plan against this team, and he did, and they won the game. So kudos to him. I, I thought this game was almost like an – OG coach like Bruce, like an OG offensive mind versus like this young mind that is so talented, makes Jared Goff step up. And, you know, I think Jared Goff is a mediocre quarterback that plays like a high tier quarterback because of Sean McVay. And I know I got off topic there, but this whole game, it was disappointing. And I, I going back to the running backs, I still want to see Sneak Vaughn have a role on this team or at least have a chance to have a role because I think he's a guy, like I said before, that could be a James White type that we're missing in this offense for Brady. It's funny. The thought crossed my mind again watching the game of, like, is, is, is Sneak Vaughn now going to get a chance, right? Because the, the other two guys didn't, didn't live up to, to the expectations in this football game because the way B.A. kind of does things. He'll, he'll find ways to get guys involved. Uh, you mentioned Jared Goff, and we can talk about that side of the ball here uh, as well. Listen, the Rams and Sean McVay, they came in with a game plan of, hey, we're going to try to run the ball, even though it's difficult to run against this team. And then they were like, you know what? This game, it's not going to work. We'll have Jared Goff throw the ball 51 times. Listen, if you have Jared Goff throw the ball 51 times each and every week, I don't think that is a recipe for the Rams to win week in and week out. But in this game, in this matchup, with the way that they had the Tampa Bay defense back on their heels with the tempo that they were using, I thought this was a very, very smart and well-executed game plan by Sean McVay and the Rams and Jared Goff. Give credit where credit is due. You know, I'm critical of him too, but... I watched this game last night, and, and JC, I, my big takeaway is I think this Rams team is the best team in the NFC. I think every team has flaws. The Rams' flaw is their quarterback is inconsistent and, and you know, is probably average, above average. But they went to a Super Bowl with this quarterback, so it's not like they can't figure out how to get it done. I think you saw that last night. They found a way to get it done. And I'm, I'm going to keep talking about the Rams because I think a lot of people wrote the Rams off because they got themselves in salary cap hell, right? Had a bad year last year too, right? But look at how they bounced back that quick. I mean, that – that could you could be completely right. That might be the best team in the NFC. 
And, and again, every team in the NFC has flaws. We've discussed it on this show. Seattle, their defense and their inability to run the ball because of the Chris Carson injury. Green Bay, we know what their defense is. Tampa, it's probably their inconsistency on offense. New Orleans, right now it's not having Drew Brees and being able to throw the ball down the field. The Rams, it's their quarterback. But again, they find ways to win football games. They've gone to a Super Bowl with this guy. So I don't think it's a stretch to look at this football team with the way that they played and they beat the Seahawks and now they've beaten the Bucs, two of the top teams in the NFC. I don't think it's a stretch to say that they are the best team. And that's why there are, you know, I don't look at this as, oh, this is a, this is a terrible, awful, bad loss. It's not a great loss. You're home. You should win this football game. I have concerns about Brady throwing the ball down the field lately. I have concerns with this team in prime time and whatever it is about them not being able to start right. But overall, this could be – we could – JC, would it surprise you if this was the NFC Championship game later on in the season? No, it wouldn't surprise me. I want to go back – you talked about Seattle and Green Bay, right, comparing them to, to the Rams as the best teams in the NFC. You know what separates the Rams from Seattle and Green Bay? The fact that they draft well. I mean, yeah. they have a smart GM, right? And the Bucks have a great GM as well that makes have been has been making great moves. That's what separates the Rams, though. They make the right personnel decisions. And defensively for the Bucks, again, like I mentioned, the, the, the second half I thought they played extremely well to be able to give Brady and the offense a chance. But, JC, you, we mentioned this when we were, were doing our prep before the show. The speed of this Rams offense, the tempo in which they were working, they were getting the ball to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods very quickly. It's one of those things where it felt as if that was giving Todd Bowles fits. Jared Goff had a ton of time to throw the ball. They weren't getting a ton of pressure. It felt like the way McVay runs this Rams offense really got to the Bucks last night. The only guy that had a successful night, which who was my defensive player of the game, was JPP. I mean, and he was he was getting through and making pressures with his power. You you see a guy like Shaq Barrett. You know the analytics people will tell you how how much pressure he's causing, but he's not making plays for this team right now. And I've said this before at least twice. This might be the third time now. I'm saying kudos to Bruce Arians and Jason Light for getting him on that tack. Because if I'm the Bucks, and I I know we're going to talk about my mock draft a little in a little bit. If I'm the Bucks, I'm looking for more pass rushers in this draft because um, I think it's it's needed. It's needed, and it, it's probably the thing that defensively you look at, I think, the most as what is slowing them down right now is their ability to not get after the quarterback. Look, JC, you use the term mediocre, so that's the term I'll use here when discussing Jared Goff. If we, are to, if, if we go with he's a mediocre quarterback, even if you give a mediocre quarterback that kind of time, Jared Goff's talented enough. He can make throws. He'll find open receivers. He'll find Robert Woods. He'll find Cooper Cup. He'll find Gerald Everett. He'll dump the ball off. When you give quarterbacks in the National Football League, any quarterback that's a starter, you give him time, they will make good throws. So the way you rattle those quarterbacks, the way you get the matchup to flip in your favor is you make them uncomfortable. Put Jared Goff in in positions where he doesn't want to be in. Jared Goff doesn't want to be scrambling around trying to extend plays, throw on the run. He doesn't want to be doing that. That takes him out of his element. It takes him out of his game plan. The Bucs weren't able to do that last night. And for Jared Goff, it was a relatively easy 39 to 51. I know he threw two picks and, and they were bad throws, but it was a relatively just easy night for him back there. And that, that goes to Sean McVay as well because, you know, Bulls tried to dial up the blitzes with Devin White and stuff like that. Nothing was working. They had a check for everything. They had audible for They knew everything was coming. They, they game-planned the hell out of that game. 
Yeah, and and again, I have the I have the numbers in front of me on the ground. The the Rams had 37 yards on offense, so the Bucks completely took that away and said Jared Goff beat us. But the Bucks forgot to make Jared Goff's life a nightmare. They weren't able to do it, and that is what you saw. Uh, you mentioned JPP, your defensive player of the game. Are you giving out an offensive player of the game award? Are you giving? Yeah, I'm going to give it to game? Antonio okay. Brown. I think Antonio Brown looked great. He looked like his old self. He was creating space, making catches, not dropping the ball. He looked good. So, as a Bucks fan, that's what you want to be happy with. Happy the fact that you're not hearing about anything off the field that's in the present time, and that he's just playing well and keeping his head down. Led the team eight receptions for 57 yards. Godwin and Evans both added a touchdown. Uh, were you surprised in, in the way that – and the Donovan Smith injury certainly impacted the, the, the start of the game. But were you surprised – I felt watching the game at times where – and maybe I didn't have the sound on and that could have played a role in it, but it just didn't feel like – I saw Brady, and, and again, I have the stats in front of me, five catches for 49 yards for Evans, seven catches, 53 yards for Godwin. It just didn't feel like there was urgency to get those guys the ball, to get the ball to the guys who, when we're in the trenches, when we got to band together and get this done, just didn't feel like it was going that direction. It had that same vibe that the Giants game had. Yeah, very was, much so. It was like spooky, weird. It was just like this... And I think that really goes to how quiet it is at these stadiums. But let's st forget forget the Monday night atmosphere. Let's talk about how I think it's pretty clear that teams that have these good screen games are crushing the Bucks. The Saints did it. The Rams did it. Um, who else? Someone else did it this year too. Well, their next opponent's going to do it. Their right. Next opponent's the Kansas City he Chiefs. In one of the best screen minds in the game, and Andy Reid. It could get ugly, guys. Like it, the reality is, it could get really ugly. You have a coach on the other side in this game uh, up against the Chiefs that, and a quarterback, by the way, that are extremely creative, are able to to you know make do with broken plays. They're gonna run a lot of screen plays. They have players who can get out in space and make plays. Uh, Tyree Kill, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. They will get the ball out in space. And exactly what Sean McVay. You, listen. Andy Reid was paying attention last night to that football game. He saw what McVay was able to do to create successful, and he has a better quarterback, and I think he has better skill players on his team to be able to get that done. That, that should concern you. It really feels like if you throw tempo at this Bucks defense, you are going to cause them fits because they can't get home. They can't get after the quarterback. Chris, I think this is a good time for us instead of getting into how scared we are about the, the Chiefs game. that We could save that for Friday's show? We, let's save that for okay. Friday. Maybe we should jump into that mock draft I did on Twitter. Okay, let me set this up for everybody. So, uh, JC, the other day on Twitter, went through a mock draft of what he would like the Bucks to do uh, in this year's upcoming draft. And I thought after this game, when the big complaints were, hmm, there's some, there's some depth issues at offensive line. Hmm, this team can't get after the quarterback. Hmm, this team doesn't have anyone who can catch the ball out of the backfield. I thought maybe it would be a good time for JC to go through uh, this mock draft uh, for everybody. So, JC, I will hand it over to you. You have your mock draft in front of you. Go ahead. So, just just to let the, the listeners know, this was last week's order. So, obviously, it might be switched, but we're still going to go for it. Round one, pick 25 for the, the Buccaneers. I selected Liam Eichenberg, offensive tackle, Notre Dame, six foot six, 305 pounds, who would replace Donovan Smith at left tackle. Um, Donovan Smith has been very up and down never has been consistent and I just think he needs to be replaced with 
just a strong replacement. This guy would be a, a plug-and-play left tackle. Um, any anything you want to comment well, on that, or should I, I, I keep going here? No, I I do want to make one mention here, and I think it's a it's a great place to start with this team is offensive line because even take last night's game out of it. This has been a conversation all year that we've had is that they did they made a great pick in Tristan Wirfs. They look uh, that looks like a home run for them what they got in Tristan Wirfs. They still have extra holes to fill around that, and if they want to be successful within, listen, we all love the TB12 and we all love the mentality. But Tom Brady, if he's going to get hit every week like he's been getting hit and getting pressured, this isn't going to work. You have to start there. You have to protect Tom Brady. So I, I love going there first. Round two pick 57 for the Bucks. I selected Quincy Roche Edge from the U, 6'4", 235. Similar kind of build to a Shaq Barrett. Um, he explodes off the line of scrimmage, has ability to win inside and outside. He just needs more discipline and focus in his life. Plays much, much bigger than his listed playing weight. So he's one of those guys that's strong, man. He's a strong kid. Uh, that 235, you know, and th- this NFL right now is evolving towards these speed speedy guys but that have strength so that would be kind of like a a Shaq Barrett replacement if we wanted to go that way with the cap and doesn't that directly go back to the point that we just made of that this Tampa Bay team struggles with their ability to keep up tempo wise you bring in a guy who has that he's going in the way that the NFL is going with these more speedier athletic guys that can get after the quarterback. It fits exactly the way the NFL is going. If it's, it's exactly the trend that Tampa needs to kind of steer into uh, on that part of the ball two for two so far, JC, I'm on board with this. So we get to round three, pick 88 for the bucks. I select Jalen Phillips edge, the university of Miami, also former UCLA who, you know, that's my college team. He's six, five, two fifty eight. This guy is God gifted talent. Okay. This guy is amazing when it comes to the physique size. He is literally the guy you want as an edge rusher. The problem with them at UCLA and at Miami, he loves music. He loves music. He, he doesn't know what he wants to do with his career. If this guy like plugs himself into football full time, the, the potential is endless and he's having a great season for the U. I mean, I have down here for my analysis. He's a natural God-gifted physical ability, was one of the top recruits in the nation coming out of high school. He could be the best pure rush, pass rusher in this draft, but does he love the game? Does he love the game? And that's the question for him. Because if he loves the game, he's a first-round pick. If he doesn't love the game, then you have these red flags that come in and a, some lucky team gets to draft him and try to motivate him. But this guy, if the Bucks had a chance, a chance at this guy in the first round, because he, after interviews and stuff, I would pull, the, pull it. I would get this guy in the first round. He's that good. You have doubled down here in the middle rounds with the pass rush. Clearly feels like it's a priority for you. Okay, so if I, I'm keeping track here. You've got offensive linemen, and you've gotten pass rush. Where are you going now? Because there are other needs that we've discussed on this show. My next pick is uh, he's a safety, and I'm going to need everyone's patience for oh me boy. to pronounce this name. Oh, boy. I'm going to go for it, though. It's round, round four, pick 126. He's a Florida State kid. Hamsa. Nazir I can't even. I, I don't even know if you pronounced it right, but I'm going to give you an A plus for the effort. So go ahead and break I, this I, pick I've, down for me. You know, I know French. I know some Spanish. So um, he's a safety at Florida State, six four two fifteen. The kids, the kids, good. He's a natural. And he, he's physically gifted. Buccaneers are good at safety right now, but you could always look for upgrades. He tore his ACL in 2019. Would be a great blitzer in Todd Bowles' scheme. That was my analysis on him. Um, he just. He's one of those all-natural guys. You know, you plug him in, 
They get get reps. They make plays. He's a game changer. Okay, so that's four rounds. Uh, you haven't thrown a running back out there. I don't know if a running back will make your your final oh, mock draft. Okay, that's what I figured. Is we're four the, rounds. The problem is the running back that I I picked is now no longer a a, a day three guy. This is he might be a day one, day two guy now. But we'll we'll get there. So you snu- so you, you 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 got him in round five or round six, and now you think he's going to be moving up. The I board. got him right. in round seven. You got on him a around TDM seven. Mock draft machine, but he had a performance over the weekend. Okay, go ahead, continue. Pick five. Pick five. Pick one sixty-five. I have uh, Corey Durden, inside defensive line. You know, six-five, three-fifteen guy. Needs to really focus on his body and hitting the weight room. Needs focus and dedication to the craft. Would be a good guy to develop before behind Sue and Via. I mean, we need Via Vea back. Via Vea back really bad. Doesn't it? Doesn't it, we doesn't need a young guy? We need depth that? that's young. We have a guy from Nebraska right now. Paige probably knows more about him than I do, but Khalil Davis. But you know, also depth is great, right? And then we get to unless you have some analysis, we get to well, my. I, I want to just add that every week reinforces how bad that Vita Vea injury is for this defense, right? I, I think you feel you feel the impact watching this team. And I think this pick screams, let's get some depth for this position. Let's get the ability. So if we do have a situation where a guy has an injury and he's going to miss a week or two, or in Vita Vea's case, a longer injury, we have talent that we believe in in this, in this room that can help get it done. Love, never against depth picks, JC. Never and, against you know, them. Just a quick recap, if you guys aren't paying attention out there. Our first-round pick was from Notre Dame. Our second-round pick was from the U. Our third-round pick was from the U. Our fourth-round pick was from Florida State. Our fifth-round pick was from Florida State. Now, round six, right? This is uh, – I took a quarterback here, and we don't need a quarterback because we have me? Josh you Rosen. Did, you in did in my mind, I'm, I'm happy with Josh Rosen. I just haven't got the report card on how he's doing. You know what I mean? I love the kid. I love to hear from him. Love to have him on the podcast so we can make that possible. But my round, round six pick, 2-1-2 two, two here, is Dorian Thompson-Robinson, quarterback, oh UCLA, 6-1, 200 pounds. Analysis, dual-threat quarterback can throw and run with equal ability, confident gunslinger, better thrower than Lamar Jackson by light years. DTR has a bright future. I will say, when I, when I said better thrower than Lamar Jackson, I was speaking the truth, but I'm also somewhat pissed off at Lamar because he ruined my fantasy leagues. So this, so first of all, I want to make it clear: this is the definition of a homer pick. Like this oh, is, yeah. uh, this I, is no one does a like this guy Michael Kissed on Twitter. He 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 has a a, a podcast with uh, Ben Solak who works at TDN. He says when you homer, no one homers like you, and it's true, baby. No, you I, you have homered a position that you don't need from a school that you're a fan of. I, listen, this what is, I'm doing is I'm just trying box. to get this guy some spotlight. I want this kid to get drafted. I believe in the kid. And you take a shot at Lamar Jackson along the way. Okay, this pick checked every box. All right, you got one Chaos more Chaos is us? a ladder, Chris. Chaos is a ladder. And you're climbing it, buddy. You got one more for us? No, I got two more for two you. Two more? Go ahead. All right, round seven, pick 246. Selection, Demetric Felton, running back, UCLA, oh. 5'10", 185. Analysis, X-Factor on offense, can play running back or wide receiver, breakaway speed in the open, shifty and just needs the right offensive mind. B.A. would be a perfect fit for him. And that one is not Homer. That's real. Go look at his, look at his stats over the weekend, Chris. Pull him up. 
You Hold so, on, but once you, I, no, I no, want no, you no. to you, pull up the UCLA box score, tell me how many game, yards he had. You want one game. Well, you want me to be like, oh, oh no, one no. game, he's just, great. I, yeah, I want to hear I want to hear his box score from this past weekend against Oregon. I just I, mean, I, gotta, I just want to hear. All right, it. let me let me work on pulling it up, but in the meantime, I don't know how you can say that this uh, is In the meantime, I'll go with pick number my second How is this not another homer pick? You picked back-to-back UCLA guys in the later rounds. This is why this listen, just get get the numbers out. I'm looking it up for you. Don't worry. Round seven, pick 253, selection Austin Watkins, wide receiver, UAB, 6'3", 205, averaged 19.2 yards per reception on 57 catches in 2019. Excellent ball skills and is a smooth, uh, smooth route runner. He's an alpha wide receiver and wins contested situations. He's, he would just be, you know, a nice death piece at wide receiver. Now let's hear yeah. the box score from my guy, Demetric Felton. 34 carries, 167 yards, two touchdowns, and a loss to Oregon. Now let's hear about they, uh, what about they, the receptions. That, that they lost to Oregon. Uh, his receptions, he had two catches for six yards. That really boosted How about stats. return yards? Now you're asking for way too much. Now i got to scroll down. Kick returns, he had five kick returns for 105 yards. How's that? I'm just saying you're being a homer. You went UCLA back-to-back picks. I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying you particularly mocking Listen, him to your team. That's right. being a homer. There's nothing wrong we with don't, that. We don't need. Right, we don't. It. The DTR pick the Buccaneers don't need. But I'm just trying to get the, get the kid some love because he 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 should be drafted. Okay, you can give him love. I'm okay with that. I just want you to just be open and admit that you're you're being a homer because you're mocking him to your own team from the school that you root for. There's nothing wrong okay, with that. Okay, the DTR pick was a homer pick, but. The Dimitri Felton pick was not. He's an right. Alvin Kamara type. I'll take – all right, I, I'm just going to ignore the Alvin Kamara comp that you just attempted to make. I will take the middle ground on you admitting that the DTR pick um, was a uh, homer, homer pick. pick. Yes. Okay, Correct. so there's your mock draft. Uh, really glad that we did that coming off of that game. Let's wrap up final thoughts on the Monday night game. We'll do a bit of a preview on Friday. We'll get everybody ready uh, for the remainder of the season. But uh, final thoughts on this game specifically last night, JC. I think, you know, and this could be said for a lot of teams, these Monday night games, these Sunday night games that don't have people in the crowd are tough. So all I got to say is pray, 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 pray that there's a vaccine that comes out somewhat soon so we can fill these stands and these players can play like how they're supposed to because it's the, the atmosphere is dead. It's weird vibes. I don't even like watching it. I, like I, I can't. It's just it's just a weird feeling. But go Bucks. We're 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 gonna be fine. We're still in the playoff hunt, but like Bruce said, every game is a a, a must win now, and that, that, like we need that offense to step up, find your identity, and we need that defense to step up and get some turnovers. My final thought, and uh, I agree with I, I see the the lack of crowd hasn't bothered me yet because in my head it's hard for me to remember when when I'm watching Red Zone or I'm watching a game which stadiums are allowing fans and which stadiums are piping in crowd noise. I just can't remember until they show a crowd shot. So in the middle of a game, I'm not paying attention to those things, but I think for the players on the field, it matters 1000%. I just, for, for well, me sitting fans home, at the Bucks game, but they're, they're It's just, you know, there's not enough fans. What is it? 15,000. I think yeah, is, is the a, number that they're going to. So know. it's just hard to, to find yourself into a rhythm. Um, my final thought on this, and again, I said this at the beginning of the show, I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC. So there isn't anything, you know, this isn't a loss to the Giants on Monday night. This isn't getting blown out to the Saints. This isn't losing to the Jets, right? That's not what this loss is. But this puts an extreme emphasis on the game coming up in five days on Sunday when you get the defending Super Bowl champs in town 
in Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. There is an increased emphasis on that game and how this team is going to perform. They have to bounce back because, JC, got the rest of the schedule in front of me. The Vikings, that's going to be a tough – the Vikings are going to play game. tough, right? The, the Falcons, they're going to play you tough. That's a divisional game. They're going to play you tough. The Lions, all right, I'll give you that one. That one I'm not really super worried about. And then it's the Falcons to close the year. So you got teams that are going to play you tough the rest of the way. I don't know if you can afford to have two straight losses to the Rams and Bucks and go to 7-5. and five. That's going to shake up where you sit in the playoff picture. You might be traveling on the road in the postseason now. It might change everything. So this game against Kansas City, you got to put the Rams in the rearview mirror. You have to look at that game and say, we made some mistakes on defense. On offense, we were nowhere near our best. We were inconsistent once again. We couldn't protect Tom Brady. And you have to be laser, laser focused on the Kansas City Chiefs because they are going to throw a lot of the same stuff you just saw from the Rams. So it's not like you don't have the film. you got the film to look at for this one. You can follow the show on Twitter at FullyLoaded. Uh, is it fully loaded show or fully loaded box? It's fully loaded box. I always forget this. Uh, JC, everybody can follow you on Twitter at Cornell and go ahead. Let me cut you off. I'll make a little announcement. A little announcement here. There's I don't know about this announcement. So it's always a little worrisome when, uh, when you're throwing me on the spot here, but go There's ahead. There's been something in the works. I've been working on something hard with a good, good people that will be bringing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers website, full, full blown media company coming 2021 after the after the season we're going to start with the off season that's when it's going to begin so just look out for that follow fully loaded bucks on twitter follow me cornell nfl on twitter follow your boy right here shoe radio yeah, it's I, going to be a fun time 21 2021 is going to be a fun time let's get through 2020 together yeah, got two more months left. Also, since we're not going to speak everybody until Friday, hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. If you are able to spend it safely with friends and family, uh, that's awesome. If you're doing socially distanced Thanksgiving, uh, just everybody be safe. Enjoy uh, the time off. We will be back on Friday to get you ready for the game on Sunday. We'll have doinks of the week. We'll have beat JC picks. We'll have everything on the Friday edition of the show. So everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you then.